You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Indians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about the latest Indians edition. They dipped into the uh, undrafted free agent market again, so we have another player to talk about. And then we're going to look at what a 50-man taxi roster, uh, you know, you have your typical roster, which might get expanded beyond the already expanded roster that we had talked about with the 26-man this year. Uh, and now we could be looking at an even bigger group, like who would be the 50 players they'd want in camp? It's going to be a bubble situation, so you're going to want 50 players uh, who are there, and making sure you have backups at extremely important positions. So you always have to keep that into account. It's not going to just be the 40-man plus 10 more guys, I'll tell you that. So we'll get into that uh, on the show today as well. So let's just start out by talking about Jamie Arias from Fresno State. Uh, another very typical Indians type of pitcher, 6 feet, 200 pounds, undersized, solidly built, uh, good secondary offerings, college walk rate of 2.03, strikeout rate of 9.47. Last year, he had two starts. So he had four as a junior, two as a sophomore, and eight as a freshman. His freshman year, he actually had, due to those starts, he had 68.1 innings. That was the most that he, he had. Uh, his home run rate was very high as a freshman, it came down a bit as a sophomore, and he was off to a really strong start this year. Wasn't missing a ton of bats. He likely will get an opportunity to see if he can start. He's one of those guys where people thought that there could be more there, that him getting that chance to start could show that you know he could be more of a 4-5 type. Again, this is a case of the Indians finding a player, though, who fits their model. Undersized, good walk rate, misses some bats, chance for some growth. Uh, it's an easy connection with them. Uh, I was looking over at Baseball America today. I didn't realize when I talked about Joe Donovan earlier in the week that he was one of their. He was 307 on their BA top 500. So the Indians signed a you know a relatively big name there with a, a guy who was just outside the top 300 players in the draft. Uh, we talked about Cade Smith, and now we have uh, Jamie Arias of Fresno State. It's an interesting group so far. As of now, the Tigers, the Angels, and the Rays are the only teams who have signed nobody. I mean, I think. That speaks quite loudly in terms of maybe owners who don't care if there's a season. Uh, signing one player, you have the Pirates, uh, the Rockies, the Dodgers, uh, Chicago White Sox, and the Diamondbacks. Now, the White Sox, one player, is uh, the identical twin of Nick Madrigal. may not be identical twin, but I'm pretty sure it is his twin brother. Uh, I, I know it is his brother, but I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure it is this twin brother who is a pitcher over at uh, St. Mary's in California. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting to see the teams who have really stepped up and taken advantage of this and gone out and added some interesting talent. And I mean, it's like, look at the New York Yankees. Today they added Elijah Dunham from University of Indiana, 186 on the top 500. Uh, going down, like Philadelphia has four guys in the top 500, including uh, Noah Skibro, who was 249. Uh, just other guys that stand out or names. I mean, I haven't even gotten to Kansas City yet, and as everybody knows, Kansas City has absolutely crushed this process. And the reason they've crushed this process is agents know that like they're taking care of their minor league talent better than anyone else. And, like they made a stand that they were going to do that, and that spoke to to agents and players, and that made it easier for them. 
You know, Kale or Ermshoff, the catcher from Arkansas, Little Rock, was a top 200 everywhere. They got him. They added John McMillan from Texas Tech, who was one of the more interesting seniors in this class. Saul Garza from uh, LSU, A.J. Block from Washington State, Tucker Bradley, Georgia, Chase Wallace, Tennessee, all those guys top 500, all of them. So that's an impressive haul. That's going to just make their minors better and their fully taking advantage of what is kind of like a massive discount. Uh, The Cubs are another team that's doing really well in this. But why is it a massive discount? Because you're paying 20K. Joe Donovan in a regular season probably gets closer to maybe 250,000. Instead, he's getting 20K because in another year, he's a year older and he just may not feel like he's going to have that uh, the value in a year or he just wants to start his career for whatever reason you know players are willing to take it and I have no doubt that Joe Donovan and Kate Smith we talked about in the last podcast that they could have gotten a hundred thousand dollars out of high school so for them it's just it's awful I mean think about how you would feel how hard it'd be to sleep at night if you're going I cost myself eighty thousand dollars or I could have had ninety thousand dollars and already been three years into my minor league career instead I'm not going to even get to play this year and I'm going to lose a whole year of development and I mean this is something that is going to haunt players for for years to come and I, I feel terrible for the players because of that uh, it's a horrible situation and you know it is interesting to see what teams are going out and adding talent and it is the dichotomy of if you're a fan of this team they're taking advantage of a terrible situation and benefiting from this at the same time these players want to sign so as long as they are out there adding talent and these players are looking to sign and okay if the situation, while it may not be ideal, there's nothing else a team can do. So at least these players are getting the opportunity they want and that they desire. There's just no great way to spin it. It's a really sad situation for these players who are going to now go to the minors and make less than minimum wage as they try to fight for their dream. It's also one of those things where for some of these players, if it doesn't come quick enough, maybe it helps make, you know, push them towards uh, leaving baseball quicker. You know, Andrew Calica, who retired last year, decided it was time to, to go back to school rather than keep trying with the Indians when he was in double A. Sometimes the writing's on the wall, but then sometimes you're Roberto Perez, where the writing was on the wall and you keep working and you turn into a very good player. Doesn't always happen, but the chances of that happening are going to be lessened when players have less means and less ability to stick around and keep putting up that good fight to try and achieve their dream. RockAuto.com, talked about them at the top of the show. It is a great website to go to. I've talked about how I know nothing about cars. I am not skilled at all with cars. I can't do anything with cars, but I can navigate this website to find the parts and pieces for my car. I can go talk to one of my friends who does know about cars, and they can and they can install it, or I can go to a, a mechanic that I know and take a piece uh, there, because often you can there are mechanics, at least in my experience back in Ohio, where I could buy and bring what I needed and they would put it together. You can have it in the go. Remember, rockauto.com in the how did you find out about us uh, or how did you hear about us section. You're going to say locked on. Anytime you go to a, an advanced or any store like that, keep this in your back pocket. Remember, I can reference this locked auto, or rockauto.com. You're going to go there and you can always use it as a great comparison piece for your shopping. Super easy to navigate. Fantastic prices. rockauto.com. Built Bar. Funny story about Built Bar. We were having a talk in the Locked On MLB group chat on Twitter. And again, it was the effusive praise of how much we like Built Bar, how much 
everyone enjoys it. How we were wishing, like, man, if only we could get that free box once a month. That would be fantastic. That would be such a thing for us. Because it's not just that it's one good flavor. It is a bunch of good flavors. It's a bunch of fantastic flavors you can get with Built Bar uh, across the board. It seems that everyone who has tried them, who is at least one of our hosts, has enjoyed this product. So it is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I eat about two a day. Uh, often it's the first thing I have in the morning. And what I love, again, is someone who can't do gluten. They're gluten-free, but they're not dry. They're not chunky. They're not some super chewy. They are good, healthy protein bars for anyone. So you're going to go over to BuiltBar.com. You can try and use the code locked on. Always try the code. They're doing a special deal right now that is 50% off all of their back product. You can't use the code with that. So I do, will give that warning ahead of time. So it, it's a fantastic deal going on the site. And even just enter the locked on code and it'll say it won't work, but that will still let them know that people are going there because of locked on and will let uh, Built Bar know that locked on is a fantastic sponsor. So builtbar.com, you put in that promo code locked on. They have a fantastic 50% off deal on site. Uh, so the, the promo code won't give you anything, but it helps us out. And go right now. You're not going to get better deals at Built Bar than they are currently having. So 50-man, right, instead of a 40-man. I talked about this a little bit earlier and how it was going to be crazy because how do you adjust for the fact that you're going to have more players on roster than you're allowed to have on your 40-man? And I don't know how we're going to get there. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have a season. <laughs> this whole idea that there was a framework in place and... All these sides are still fighting, and it's ridiculous, and all the damage they are doing to the sport of baseball. Uh, the crazy thing to me, it's like they should have just sat down and worked together to hammer this out weeks ago in a setting with everyone who they needed to have or on call. And now by arguing now, they don't even have a framework in place. Like Even if they magically come to agreement tomorrow, how are they going to do it? Are you going to have... You can't have one city with all the 30 teams there. You can't even have two cities. It's like, I think you would need something like three cities with 10 teams each, and maybe you could get that done. I mean, that would even be difficult. I don't know how you're going to do these safety bubbles. I don't know how you're going to accomplish that. And was it 16 teams are supposed to make the postseason? So you're looking at more than half of the teams will make it because the expanded postseason, that's where the money is for the owners. They want more postseason I don't know. You know, they've done so much damage to the sport with all this fighting. That's going to be interesting to see. But let's say everything comes together. They figure out how they're going to do it, where they're going to do it. Who do the Indians have? So let's just talk right off the top about the 40-man. So when I look at the 40-man roster, that's 40 names. Uh, is it? I'm not going to read through all of them. Names you may not remember that are on the 40-man. Sam Henkes, James Hatton, Phil Maton. Tristan McKenzie, now I'm not going to consider him amongst the 50. He hasn't pitched for almost two years. He's not going to be someone who who you put on that taxi squad. Uh, on Carlos Mejia, he's not going to make it because, again, he has not pitched for you know over a year now at this point. Scott Moss, Will, uh, going further down. I mean, the other are guys who spent some time in the majors. Just the two catchers, that's an issue. Uh, infielders, it's everyone who was in camp. That's not a group I need to really review outfielders this is a big group so you have bradley zimmer domingo santana fran mil reyes taylor naquin oscar mercado jordan luplo daniel johnson delano de shields jake bowers greg allen 
I don't know what they're going to do in terms of Naquin's injury, but let's just assume they're going to have him go out because the chance that he could return in August was always there, and we are getting closer and closer to August being a significant part of the season. So we have 40 players here. Um, I believe they're at a full 40 on their 40-man, but we're only going to take 38. So that leaves 12 spots open. So who else could be out there? Let's look at their non-roster invitees because that's the most likely group where you are going to find 12 more players that make this team. Uh, now, what is interesting is one of these players, Wes uh, uh, Helsebeck, I believe was released already by the team, so he's not going to make it. And for me, the big question becomes, is it one bonus catcher or two bonus catchers? How many catchers are they going to take with them? Because, again, of the whole bubble situation, it, are, do you feel comfortable with three? I don't think the Indians are going to feel comfortable with three. I think they will take four. So in that case, I think that to get us up to 40 is pretty easy with Cabron, Rupp, and Bo Taylor both having had some major league experience. They are going to have the advantage. Uh, they were non-roster invitees. I think that gets you to 40 easy. So let's look at the pitching staff. Dominic Leone with major league experience. That gets us to 41 pretty quick. Uh, as another lefty who could be added in, I think Anthony Ghost is someone you consider. He is the only lefty outside of uh, Hellebeck, who, again, I pretty sure they released. I can double check that as I'm talking. But Ghost gets you to 42 as a lefty, uh, good velocity, and you're just hoping that you can... Um, work with him and help figure out how to pitch. I mean, he's was a hitter for the first half of his career, but he's got great stuff. So that's an easy 42 at this point. Mike Freeman makes it an easy 43. I think Kaye Tom is another one that you just immediately put on. So that gets us a 44. So now we have six spots left. I would think that group of outfielders is so huge. I don't think any of these outfielders would really stand a chance. Infielders. I don't know if the person's here. Wilson Garcia is a first base only guy. Uh, he was in camp, but I can't see that. Do you bring Nolan Jones up? I kind of think you do uh, because Nolan Jones is the same reason you want like Daniel Johnson there and Nolan Jones there. Uh, at least they're getting coaching. They're getting some reps. If they're on the taxi squad, they're going to be getting one-on-one. I don't know how that works in terms of service time. I don't know if anyone knows how service time is exactly going to work. But I think at this point, you just you put Nolan Jones, at least on the taxi squad, because I don't know, if, again, if that is going to count towards service time. But if you're looking to get your best overall talent, and if something goes wrong, you want Jones to be able to fill in quickly. So we talked about the, the 38 from the 40-man. Then we added our two catchers to get us to 40. We added Ghost to give us another lefty. That gets us to 41. Freeman is to 42. Jones to 43. Kaye Tom is at 44. Now I'm going to throw out two more names that are not on this non-roster invitee list, but I think would be in the running. Uh, I think Kyle Nelson, as another lefty, gets you to 45. And then Nick Sandlin, who they drafted as a fast-moving reliever a few years ago, gets you to 46. So uh, Sandlin was hurt. If he hadn't been hurt, I think he would have been in camp. He had surgery in the offseason. But he's had the time to recover at this point. So that gets us to 46. Would we consider any other starters? I think Cam Hill gets it, uh, that final one at 47. Uh, I don't know about the rest of the, the group in here, just in terms of who showed enough to, to get those opportunities or who they've been really high on uh, in discussions. Maybe Jared Robinson. For now, let's go 47 there. Uh, final three spots. Ernie Clement, I think, gets it. They just don't have a wealth of infield options. 
and you're going to want some uh, someone other than Freeman who can back up those infield spots. Yes, you have Yu Chen Chang and uh, Christian Arroyo as well, but I think, again, the back of this roster is going to be more about filling in those final roster spots and making sure that you have depth in case of serious injury. That That's a really important thing is having that depth, having players you know, and having those players on hand so you are able to have the coaching, able to see the reps, and again, players you know is very important at this point in time. So at this point, we're at 49 players. Uh, it's it's a big group. <laughs> leaves us one extra spot. We have the four catchers, um, a bunch of infielders, a large chunk of outfielders, and a ton of pitchers. I kind of feel like that final spot is likely to go to another pitcher. And again, it's one of those things where until we can really hammer down how they're going to make this work, you know, are you getting service time on the taxi squad? Are you not getting service time? How are they going to reconcile going from 50 players that are on roster back to a 40-man roster? Do we just from now on have a 50-man roster? Is that what we're going to go to? Um, I don't know if teams would like that. I think players would because more players on the 50 on, on a bigger roster means anyone on the 50, you know, on the 40-man now. Once you're on a 40-man, it kind of changes your pay scale and you're making more just by being on it. So I think players would be happy about that. It does allow teams to have a little bit more control. It would make the Rule 5 almost completely worthless from this point on but uh yeah I, I think there's something to consider there for that final spot i'm conflicted it's i feel like it's likely another pitcher when you look at the who they have is it jared robinson or is it um kyle dowdy i'm i think either one you could consider you know they're both starters turned relievers who have uh pl- their stuff has played up similar in age right-handed uh, I guess it just comes down to, to which one you're maybe feeling stronger about. Again, this is just for your more towards the back end of your 50-man roster, so you have guys ready to go, guys who have been bubbled. And that's the other thing we have to talk about in general. It's like, what happens if there's someone whose wife is extremely pregnant? Uh, it's a first child. I know sometimes guys just play through it, but there have been other players who have decided to be there for the birth of their kid, and I am not going to give them any problems about that and when you're being asked to be bubbled but you also want to be there for your kid like that is an impossible situation for them and i wouldn't blame a guy for deciding that family is more important if you want to get mad about that i feel like that's a silly thing to get mad about if someone wants to be there for their family i am not going to be upset about that especially in a season like this that let's be honest if the Indians win the World Series this year, does it feel like a victory? It, it won't to me. It won't feel. It'll feel like an asterisk. It'll be like, oh, that was kind of cool. Like, how much do you really care about this season? I don't think I'm going to care that much. Like, I'm going to enjoy watching baseball because I like watching baseball. Um, and I'm going to be interested to see what happens. Like, do the Indians make a trade? How do trades even work in the current world that we're in? Like, How do you have talent going places and then going to a new team? I mean, I know teams are playing each other, but, you know, it's it's at a risk of infection. I'm not sure how that works, but just going back to that whole point, it's like just figuring out the plan, how many games and all the money and all of that, that's like 20% of getting baseball back. Then you have to figure out how are we going to do it? Like the how they're going to do it is going to be harder than the negotiation. I mean, maybe not. Nothing's going to be harder than these terrible negotiations, but it's going to be just about as bad. So, like I said, I mean, I will love having the chance to watch baseball. I'm going to be happy to watch baseball. I don't know if I'm going to care. I don't know if the postseason is going to hold any value to me. Like, 
Whoever holds that trophy at the end of it, are you really feeling like that's a champion? I, I'm not going to. It's going to feel like uh, if your team won during a strike year and you had a bunch of replacement players. This feels like the replacement season. It may not be replacement players. It's still great players. But it is a replacement level ceiling in terms of the season we're getting. And the awful part is, like, we should be starting baseball in a few weeks. Like, players are together. There's already the beginnings of this. If stuff had gotten hammered out and actually focused on, we could be talking about like spring training occurring right now in a place like Arizona or even already being in progress in Arizona with the season beginning beginning of July. And if a season had started at the beginning of July, we could have talked about something like an 80-game season or an 82-game season, something like half a season. But because both sides are arguing and having you know an on, online basically leak fest, we don't have baseball yet. They're still bickering like children in the playground. And we're still dealt with the fact that like baseball isn't happening right now. We don't know when it's going to happen. And they're losing the opportunity to have games, the opportunity to play, the opportunity to have a longer season. And it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm a teacher. I've talked about it. I've been an elementary school teacher and a middle school teacher. And I just, this feels like kids fighting in the playground. Hate ending negatively. So Jamie, and I just realized it could also be Jaime because, you know, Arias is a, could be a Hispanic name. Either way, he's a really interesting left-handed pitcher, a guy who has not had that opportunity to start, but has good numbers and good full reliever floor there, good chance for that, if nothing else, and a chance for more, and it's a build the Indians have had success with. 50-man roster. I hope I gave some idea. You know, basically, you go to that 40-man, uh, instead of just saying 38 names in a row, I just said, cut out these two arms who just aren't ready, and then 12 more players to fill in, and I kind of went to more of a 51 instead of a 50, but it... it one of those things I, I could go either way with that final spot. They're very similar talents. So I hope it was something interesting, something fun. Uh, I hope my frustrations with the immaturity, frankly, of both sides in this has uh, not put anyone off. Baseball is fun. I want to watch baseball. I am curious to hear from people. Like, do you care about who wins the World Series this year? Like, I mean, I'm going to, I want the Indians to win. I always want them to win when I watch them. But is it going to feel fulfilling if they win the World Series? Or is it going to be like, it's a replacement, it's not a real season? Uh, I'm curious to see if anyone else has that feeling or not. I've been Jeff Ellis. You've been fantastic, as always. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. You can find things that I write. I also post YouTube videos when I make those over at MLBDraftNow.blogspot.com. And as always, go Tribe!